Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hey guys, this is Tommy. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. So glad you were here with me today. So it's Wednesday right now. I think this is probably going out today. It's Wednesday, August 16th. Uh, I'm in my office. I just, man, I just wanted to stop and talk for a few minutes just about what's going on today, right now. Um, I know many of you know who live in our community in Sheridan or East End or whatever, you heard about the threat against the school today. Of course, now they're saying it was just a really bad prank. But either way, man, these things freak us out. And when these things come up, it makes us question. It makes us wonder. And when things like this happens, it's just so hard and it's so scary. It's, it's hard to know what to do. It's hard to know how to, how to respond. I know a lot of people, you know, didn't send their kids to school, and I certainly understand that. And I know others did send their kids to school, and I understand that, and I just chaos. But at, at the bottom of this, at the core of these situations is so often some person, some, and, and I don't know any of this in this situation, but I know it, often when there's a threat against the school, the root cause is some child who has found such a level of hopelessness that their only recourse is reaching out in violence, um, violence against uh, people and violence against often against themselves. And it's just horrific and it's sad. And this is the world we live in in so many ways. And it's just so hard to know how to respond. I mean, I, I know what I like. I've just been driving around. I didn't know what to do. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure if I should take my daughter to school or not, even though she doesn't go to school in Sheridan. You know, she goes to school over here in East End, but I still wasn't sure of what to do. So, you know, I called and found out about what measures were being taken and all that kind of stuff. And then finally, we made the decision to take her to school. And then I've probably driven up and down the road in front of that school 40 times today. I don't know what that's doing, but there's just this... There's this desire in us to do something at times like this. I know a lot of people, I've just seen them on Facebook, and they're just, you know, posting, and, you know, whether it's posting for prayer or just posting frustration or just posting wanting to know answers. There's just this desire to do something. And so what can we do? What should we do? And it's hard. It's hard. I know we spend in this country, I know we spend a, a tremendous amount of time trying to find political solutions to this. And maybe there are some. I don't know. I, I certainly don't want to get into that. I don't know what the long term solution is. Um, but it's like we want to we want to vote a solution in when maybe uh, there's more we could be doing. And may, maybe like while we're waiting or while we're, you know, hoping for our officials to do things, maybe there are things we can do. And it's at times like this that I always think again, and this is not an advertisement for this church because I don't particularly care where you go or where you connect, but maybe this is one of the reasons that being an active, involved participant in creating faith communities is so important. And I'm talking about faith communities that are actually seeking out people who need to be connected to the body of Christ. Because again, guys, I am spec- I have no idea any of the details in this situation. But I know often uh, when these situations happen, when there's a threat against the school or, or you know, a kid um, has one of these moments where, you know, they become dangerous to a school, it's most often a disconnected kid. 
I don't ever read about, you know, Bobby who is uh, in the in the student ministry and super connected and surrounded by friends and in and, and a loving community. And he just went, you know, and started threatening schools. You don't see that. It's always like disconnected lone wolves. And so I just, I, I think about, it reiterates for me the importance of being an active member in a community of faith, of creating places that go and look for people who are left out. And again, we want to argue about all these things. And we spend so much energy, but like, what if we just went and found kids who needed connection and brought them in? Or what if this was a safe place for them to go? What if this was a safe place? And he, he, all for all kids, for the kids who believed and for the kids who didn't believe and for the kids who, who had you know questions and for the kids who didn't understand their sexuality and for the whatever, for the kids from broken homes and rich homes and poor homes. And like if we would just pursue them and create places that want them. And that's not to say we're never going to tell them the truth or we're not going to encourage them to, you know, to be reformed and refined and, and, and to be molded into the image that God designed for them. But first, they have to just know that we care and that we love them. First, there have to be safe, welcoming places that want them. And like, I know this church has a bazillion issues. Every church does. We're, there are humans here. That's why one of my favorite things people say is, you know, someone will say, oh, good sermon or whatever. And some and somebody will say, oh, it was all God. It wasn't all God. If it was all God, it would have been perfect. There, there were humans involved. And there's humans involved. It's not perfect. So I know our church is imperfect. But when I walk this uh, place on Wednesday nights, I see so many kids that I know are outcasts in their school. It's This isn't just like all the popular kids came together on a Wednesday night. We have a bunch of kids who I know um, probably aren't the most connected in schools. And I'm so glad they're here. And I know a lot of them don't probably believe yet what I believe. And a lot of them have different, vastly different opinions on me on social, but who cares? They're here and we get proximity to them. And that's why I do a confirmation class for three weeks to get proximity to sixth graders. I'm not a wonderful sixth grade. I'm a terrible sixth grade teacher. Nobody cares about that. I just want proximity. It's why, it's why, you know, the people who volunteer here and the people who are here week after week, whether it's the, the guys in the, in the parking lot just watching out for us or the small group leaders, like they're making a difference. And so I think as we're, as we're in these moments and we're all trying to think of what we can do, my response is do something. Become an active participant in creating communities that, that welcome and pursue young men and women. Welcomed, pursued, connected young men and women don't threaten schools. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I, I think that's, I think that's probably science. I don't know, but I, I just am. I, I think we're all. And when it hits your community, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that whatever the the threat against the school was, that they found out about it and that they caught it and that they communicated it. And I can't imagine how hard it is their job today. Wow. I hope we're having great grace with our district officials and administrators because I cannot imagine the difficulty of their job right now. Wouldn't want it. But I just think we're constantly trying to legislate things on both sides. We're always fighting, you know, and, and if we would just take the passion that we pursue legislation with, a percentage of it, and pursue young men and women, pursue these kids who need to be connected inside of community, if we would pursue them with the same passion that we pursue our agenda, then perhaps some of these situations would be avoided. And I, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not making any political statement because I, I, don't, I don't care. I, just, I don't think it's, 
there's probably changes that need to be considered. There's conversations that need to be had. There's definitely things we need to look at as far as the schools and, and probably security and all those. But f- what can I do today? Well, here's what I can do today. I'll be here Wednesday night at our student ministry. Now, you can't just be here if you're not background checked or whatever, but like I will invest in the lives of junior high and high school and middle school kids tonight. That's what I'll do. I will gain proximity to a kid. I will know somebody. And there, there, there are teachers in our district who are doing amazing jobs in this. I was texting with one of them, a music teacher at Sheridan, and I know she does an amazing job of looking out for the kids who are so often left out. And so, like, what can I do? And maybe there's a long-term goal that you have that you know, involves your voting or, or boycotting or purchasing or not purchasing or whatever. But in the short term, what can you do? I believe you can pursue or you can play your part in creating faith-based communities that welcome, love, teach young men and women. And that, that means, you know, that means the barrier for entry has to be relatively easy. That means that in our, in our communities of faith, faith, the barrier of entry, I think it needs to be pretty low. To come in, you, you should feel welcome. I was talking to a, a, a young kid here the other day, and I, I'm going to guess she was probably 13. And I didn't even know you could do it. I didn't know you could pierce your, your nose, your lips, and your eyebrow at 13. I didn't know that was legal. But this girl had all these piercings. And so I'm talking to her, and I was just like, hey, ma'am, um, I didn't know you could do that. And she was like, yeah, you know, whatever. She wasn't super excited about talking about me. But I was like, did it hurt? And she was like, yeah, a little bit, you know. And I was like, dude, you know, I guess that's just never did I act like freaked out. Never did I act appalled. Never did I, you know, look at her. I just struck up a conversation. It reminded me like when Jesus went to the well and he met that woman and he knew she had all sorts of issues in her life and things they were going to need to work on at some point. But his first conversation with her was like, hey, I see you're thirsty. So am I. Let's talk. And I just feel like that's, we have to, and I'm, I'm clearly auditory processing guys. I have no notes right now. I'm just thinking through this with you right now. What can I do better? And I, I do believe that the church shouldn't just make life better for people who are in the building. The church should make life better for people who are outside the building. There, there's, a, there's a passage of scripture that's been on my heart so heavy, and it's, it's just God is reiterating it to me right now. And it's Matthew 5. Matthew 5, uh, I think it's around 43, 45, but it says, It's the whole love your neighbor thing, but it starts in verse 43. We'll just start there. It says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. And here it is. He causes his son, S-U-N, the sunshine, to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And I believe what that passage is saying is that what happens inside the church, the beauty and the community, that these things should actually be making the community around us better. That what's happening in our student ministry and our kids' ministry should be going, making our schools safe and better. And I know we can't possibly reach every single kid, but we can try, right? And what, what's the harm in trying? And I know there's still things that can happen. I mean, you know, there's still, no matter how many uh, levels of security you put in, someone can still do something or whatever, but can we try? Can we try to be a church that where each person believes that uh, they have a role to play in making this community better? Not just their own spiritual growth, not just the spiritual growth of their children, 
but that they have a role to play in making the community better, and that is part of why they are connected inside of this community of faith. And maybe we begin to see our attendance on Sundays or our, our, our involvement in events is not just about me and my family, you know, but it's about, oh, it's another opportunity for me to find a, a, you know, a teenager or, or college or someone and build proximity with them. It's an opportunity for you to mentor. It's an opportunity for me to love. It's an opportunity for me to see someone and to connect with someone and to allow someone to know that they are chosen and sacred and wanted and that we are so glad they're here. I don't have all the answers by any stretch. If I did, man, I'd write a book. I wouldn't podcast it. I'd write a book and sell it. (laughs) I don't have all the answers. But I know every time I hear of a situation like this, my heart just goes, you know, what more can I do? And certainly prayer. Yes, prayer, prayer, prayer should be part of this. We should all be praying right now. But prayer should lead to action in us. So often we pray to God for God to do something. and, And so often his answer is, okay, you do something. I think there was a song about that, like, you know, uh, you're the one God wants. M- maybe God wants to use you. Maybe he wants you to get connected with, with, uh, with GC kids or, or with uh, Grace students, or, or maybe it's a neighbor down the street, or maybe he wants you to take a kid hunting this year who you've seen in your neighborhood, and he's just left out, and only maybe you're going to be at a football game Friday night and see a kid sitting by himself. Maybe you're going to have conversations with your kids, and, and I need to do this have conversations with our kids about opening their eyes to see the one who's left out and alone, about teaching them to love people even though those people are different. And I know sometimes we have to teach our kids to love from a distance, and I get that. There's some situations that just aren't safe for them, but can we teach them uh, to, to you know, be careful with their words, to not talk down to people? I don't know. There's just got to be more we can do instead of just you know, complaining on social media or instead of just bashing someone else's political party, like, what can I do today, right now, to help make my school a little safer? What can I do right now today to help make this community a little brighter? What can I do right now today to help eliminate hopelessness in this community? I got to do something. Maybe you feel the same way. So I would, I would invite you, pray, yeah, pray about it, pray about it. And then open your mind to the possibility that you are the answer to the prayer. I love you guys. I'll see you soon. Jones out.